This is Kev Millar from the 2004 World Champion Boston Red Sox, and you're listening to Boston's Big Three Podcast, presented by Ride the Wave Media. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Boston's Big Three. We are here today with Billy Weiss. He's the Senior Manager of Photography for the Boston Red Sox. Billy, thank you for coming. It's a, a, definitely a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it. So um, one, one thing that uh, I am new to Ride the Wave, uh, not a lot of people really know my background, but one of the, one of the reasons, Billy, why I reached out to you uh, is obviously we're all Red Sox fans here, uh, but I was a photographer in the United States Army. I was combat camera at Fort Meade. So I was in the Baltimore area uh, while you uh, – have a little bit of, of Baltimore ties. So uh, yeah. I want to start by just discussing a little bit of uh, pre pre Red Sox stuff and, and get to know more about you. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, first of all, I, I just have to ask because it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine as someone who actually lived in Baltimore city, uh, your bio says that you grew up in Baltimore. Are you like Owings Mills or are you Baltimore? I was a uh, Towson area. Towson so, area. L- okay. Lutherville, so Timonium area okay. specifically. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. count it. We'll count it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like what got you into photography? I'm assuming as a kid, was it like a high school class? Was it something your parents did or? Yeah. So a couple of things. I, I started taking classes in, in high school and I, you know, I enjoyed it. It kind of felt more natural to me and just kind of came easy to me um, compared to some of the other things in high school, like math, I was terrible. Science is terrible, you know? So um, it's just kind of something that, that felt easy. And, and, you know, in high school, I didn't really think about it as, as a career. Just, it, I just recognized at the time that it was something I enjoyed doing. Um, but I grew up in a really creative household. You know, my, my dad is an artist and my mom is a pianist. Um, they're both professors of art and music. So growing up, it was always a, you know, really creative environment and, you know, that kind of fostered all types of creativity, you know, drawing, playing music, um, and, you know, eventually photography. So those two kind of factors really like started it off for me. And then, um, uh, let us know, like you went, so you went to Goucher college. Mm -hmm. Uh, did you, you know, did you do any journalism there, photojournalism there? Did you take any classes there? Or did you kind of, was that something you still kept to the side or did you really, once you got to college decide that this is something, that I have a talent for, that I have a, a love for and, and pursue it that way. Yeah, I definitely got more serious about it once I, you know, once I got to college, um, I pretty quickly joined the student newspaper and that's kind of what, you know, was my first experience in actually shooting like with a purpose and having like actual direction behind what I was shooting, not just kind of going out and shooting whatever I could find just for the sake of like making art, I guess. Um, and so that kind of gave me an initial direction. There was no like journalism major. Um, I was a communications major, which is obviously, you know, as you guys know, pretty broad and there's a million different ways that you can go with it. I um, but communications I, major. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I understand what you're saying. A lot of, whole lot of fields you can go with it. And, you can go anywhere you want with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I tried to focus it on photography and, you know, use resources like the student newspaper as um, like a platform to, to shoot as much as I can. So I was pretty much, you know, once I'd gotten on the newspaper staff, I was pretty much out there shooting anything I could get my hands on, on campus, you know, obviously sports, which I loved, but um, also like the student events and gatherings and, you know, portraits of faculty and staff and guest speakers that would come to campus, like really anything that was happening. And that kind of like allowed me to build a portfolio and kind of, you know, think about it in a more, career-driven way, not just kind of, you know, taking pictures because I thought it was fun. So growing, growing up, were you an athletic kid or were you more of the artsy kind or were you kind of a hybrid? <laughs> I was a renaissance man. No, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I played, I played baseball growing up all the way through varsity baseball in high school. Um, I played tennis for my college team, just division three, you know, NCAA um, tennis team. So yeah, I love sports. I grew up watching sports. I grew up playing. Um, you know, I think I wasn't like overly artistic. Like I always preferred to be outside, like playing and, you know, hooping around or whatever over like the piano lessons that I had to take and whatnot. Um, but that, that, like that side of me was there, you know, 
And so it was kind of like a balance of the, of the two. So you graduate from Goucher in what year? Uh, 2011, a long time ago. <laughs> Just trying to think back to uh, 2011 or 20, I may have shot, probably not yours, because I'm sure there was a lot, but I shot a Goucher graduation okay. uh, one day. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was I did, mine, I, did yeah. Like, I did like the second shooter happy snaps of that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so you graduate from Goucher. You said you, you had your portfolio built. Um, did you shoot just Goucher stuff when you were at Goucher? Did you reach out to Towson or UM or anything like that? No. And looking back, like, I wish I did, you know, because there's so many, there was so much going on in just in that area. Um, but I, I didn't really have the thought at the time. Um, I did do a few internships in college uh, while I was in college. And that, you know, from a professional standpoint, that kind of started things off for me. So, but I wish I did reach out. I tell, you know, people who are in college, like take advantage of what's around you because there's so much going on. So, you know, something I wish I did, but it, it all worked out. So then explain how you went from Goucher, Goucher College uh, graduate to uh, Orioles intern, Orioles yep. photography intern. So basically this was my sophomore year of college. Um, I had pretty much put together what I thought at the time was a you know, good portfolio or decent portfolio um, and used it to start applying for internships, um, you know, photography related internships. And so you were just, were you, you were kind of shotgunning them out or you, you didn't just go just Baltimore? Or shotgunning. I was going yeah. for, going for a lot um, okay. and landed on the Orioles, but it's kind of a, you know, I'll, I'll tell the story quickly, but um, with my tennis team, we went to watch like a charity tennis match. It was like Serena Williams and, um, I think John McEnroe or whatever at first Mariner arena in Baltimore. I shot that. You were there. Okay. Yeah, so. I photographed that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. Isner was there, right? Yes. Isner. Yeah. yeah. I photographed that. Yeah, that's okay. So that night was like a big moment for me in my career because <laughs> I had kind of been starting to think about photography and how I can like turn it into a career. And I remember going up to, you know, I saw all the photographer, like the professional photographers on the sideline with like all the big lenses and stuff or whatever. And after um, I went up to one of them and just basically was like, Hey, you know, do you have any advice for a young photographer? I'm in college and kind of trying to start out. And, um, you know, he ended up being really nice and talking to me and turns out he was Rob Carr, who was, um, then a staff photographer for Associated Press. He's, he's since moved on to, um, shoot for Getty, but, um, you know, we got to talking and I went down to the AP bureau in Baltimore and he looked at my stuff and gave me all kind of advice and, um, he's actually the one that, uh, pointed me in the direction of the Orioles and told me that they actually had a photography internship. So I always look back at that, like kind of chance encounter as kind of like, a you know, a big moment. And had I not done that, it's like, who know, you know, who knows where things would have ended up, maybe still at the Orioles or maybe somewhere else. But I'm just glad you didn't come up to me because I was rocking a long lens that day. So I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> like, it could have been you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's weird. Like, so it seems like even though I'm a little bit older than you, uh, when at that point in time in, in Baltimore, mm -hmm. you know, you, you were shooting, you know, seems like kind of uh, a similar stuff I, as I was shooting. I was also uh, putting together uh, my portfolio. Uh, I was shooting a lot of stuff at uh, UMBC uh, for Ride the Way fans. They're that 16 seed that uh, beat Virginia. Yeah, uh, that was right down the street. I was living in Catonsville at the time. Um, I actually came across uh, a photographer that I'm. I'm guessing you know Gail Burton shoots for of AP. Course. Of yeah, course. So, yeah. So I did a lot of stuff with her, and uh, this is where you're going to break my heart because uh. I. <laughs> in 2011 put in for an internship with the Orioles Ooh. <laughs> and did not get it okay so I can I can explain I can explain part of that go ahead and I apologize <laughs> no yeah waiting, yeah he's, he's like waited nine years for they, this no they did the social media dump and then saw that this kid was all Red Sox and like nah <laughs> <laughs> so I graduated in 11 and basically that year um they offered me like a part-time position as the assistant for that year. So I had interned with them in 09, um, which was uh, my sophomore year in college. And then I graduated in 11. And right after I graduated, they kind of brought me back as like a part-time um, photography assistant. So there was no internship that year. 
So, okay. so my portfolio was good. My letter yeah. of recommendations were good. They were looking for it's not good enough. Okay. So my skill. Okay. Just want to make sure my skills are still good. All right. <laughs> I think you were good. Like I, I'll put that on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so give us uh, an idea. Like what does, uh, what does the internship entail uh, for, for people who don't know? Um, and then what does, what, what becomes the difference once you become that, that part-time photo assistant? Yep. So um, with the Orioles, it was really doing anything that the team photographer told you to do. So it was, and the thing I loved about it was it was um, the overwhelming majority of the experience was out there, was being out there shooting stuff. It wasn't like sitting at a desk, like scanning slides or answering emails or doing requests. Like sure there was some of that, but the majority of it was being out there like shooting every day. So shooting like basic stuff like the pregame ceremonies, um, you know, photos of fans having a good time, photos of the stadium, beauty shots of Cannon Yards, um, and then like assisting the team photographer on photo shoots, um, you know, like portraits for the magazine and stuff like that. Um, so it was an awesome experience. Then the, the assistant was just kind of like a, I guess like a little bit of a step up from that, um, a little bit more responsibility as far as what you were out there shooting and you kind of, you know, had the, had the freedom to kind of take ownership of your own projects a little bit more. Um, but also, you know, we still worked as a team and, um, when you, you know, when you've only got two photographers, it, it's, there's a lot to do. So kind of like divide and conquer. Um, but with the, you know, with the part-time spot, you were, you know, first from like a legal standpoint, you were able to work more hours. So it was more hours, but also more responsibility. Now, all these questions that Jay has just asked have really led you to being like, I would argue one of the top photographers in Boston, especially in the sports scene. Not many people get there on their own. Is there someone in particular, like mentors who have gotten you there uh, to, to the top of the game, really? Yeah, there's a lot. And I'm, I'm really lucky that I've, the people that have taught me have been super willing to help and willing to pass their knowledge on. And like, I think especially like in the, in the photography business, sometimes there's a hesitation because, you know, you feel threatened. Like you feel like the next generation is going to come up and they're going to try and take your spot and they're going to be gunning for you. That's me. Yeah. So (laughs) it was me. Right. And, um, you know, the people that I worked with and learned from, um, have been awesome, you know? So Todd Olszewski was the Orioles team photographer. He still is. He's been there like 20 years now. Um, you know, he's been, he was, and has been, um, a mentor and a friend to me and kind of like showed me the ropes and really took me in and took a chance on me when like, I mean, I look back at that portfolio and it was not good. Like it was not good. Um, and I still joke about it with him to this day. I'm like, dude, what did, like, <laughs> what were you looking at? Cause like, <laughs> it wasn't good, but he was like, you know, you did a good interview and like you had like motivation or whatever. And that was like more important than the work. So very grateful, you know, and then, um, Mike Ivins, who's the guy that I, uh, was hired by the Red Sox originally, um, who's still there has also been an incredible mentor and friend to me. Um, you know, learned so much about photography and the business side of photography and also just about, you know, being a a good guy and a, and a good employee. So yeah. And then there's, you know, there's tons of people from college and, and other photographers who are out there who've, who've helped me along the way. So I'm lucky that I've had great people to help. Uh, you eventually go to the Red Sox through this. Uh, and then, but your first year was 2012, correct? Correct. That is also the year, the hundredth year anniversary of Fedway. Yeah. How was is it the like, only good thing that happened yeah, that year? Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> that's say. about it. At least we had something. How yeah. is it like though on, I guess your first day of work, uh, or the first game of the year, it's a historic day and your job is literally mm-hmm. to shoot history. Your job is to capture all these moments and all like that. Uh, what was that like? And then, like we said, the rest of the season wasn't that great, but this is your first experience in Boston. How does that compare to being out of Baltimore? Maybe this is your first time living outside the state. Yeah. Uh, just kind of compare those. Yeah, it was unreal for, for all those reasons. Like, So my mom grew up in Quincy, so I've got family up here. Um, so we had always come up here for – you know, holidays and whatever. Um, so, so the Red Sox were always like my number two team, you know, and like my friends will tell you, like maybe sometimes they were like, even with the Orioles as like my number one, you know? Um, and so 
all of a sudden like being like on the field and having the badge to like go down on the field level like so quickly was like surreal to me and like you said this was the first time you know I lived on campus in college like I lived in dorm rooms and stuff throughout um, college but I was like 10 minutes from home so it, it was just the this was the first time that I was like in an apartment all by myself out there well with roommates but like out there on my own, like kind of doing it. So it was all these like things happening at once. Um, and then of course, like it just happens to be like one of the biggest days in Red Sox history, the hundredth anniversary as like your first day. So it was a little bit overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I try to just like play it cool, you know, and luckily I'd had the two years of baseball experience under my belt already. And that really helped me out. I think if I had gone into this as my first ever professional sports experience I would have been kind of kind of lost so many like funny stories from that day or whatever like took the took a picture like ah this is better or something like that or I don't know what any photos uh journalism just inside Mm -hmm. jokes that they have or is there anything like that that happened your first day that really still sticks with you is like there probably are I got all kind of shit because I made like so many mistakes. Um, but I can't remember like off the top of my head. It's all one bleak blur. We don't, we don't want to remember 2012 either. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, It was a tough year. It, it, and that was like, you know, that was kind of the, the main highlight of the year. Everything else was pretty bad. Um, but for me, it was just cool to, to learn, you know, and soak everything up that I could. Um, and it was like, I was at one level when I had come to the Red Sox, and, you know, at the time, again, I thought it was pretty good. But looking back, I was nowhere close. And so then it was like jumping from that level to a whole different level. And like photographers up here are really good, man. Like they're really good. And I learned that quickly. Like I was like, I really got to step my game up to, to keep up with these people up here because this is like a, this is a different level up here. But like we just said in 2012, it was not a good year. Um, as a photographer, how do you really go about working around a team that's not winning you're not getting all the game winning catch shots or the, mm-hmm. the home run the walk off uh and like the classic a photo tells a thousand words how do you i guess go about your work that way when the team's not doing well there's all this off the field stories um is there something that like you you take a picture as an unbiased journalist going into this um that you know is not going to be a good look for the red sox but you still have to take it you still have to do it for your job do you have anything like that from that particular year? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's a good question because, like, we're not like we're not unbiased journalists as the team photographers. You know, yeah, the other guy, you know, the other photographers who um, like are shooting for the papers or the wires. They, you know, they'll shoot the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have to be a little bit careful with that. But it's funny, like, when the team is winning, as the team photographers, like, we can usually get away with whatever we want. You know, we can ask the player to do whatever. And most of the time they're going to be down for anything. And then when they're losing, it's like, you're not going to get much done, like keep your distance. So it's, it's kind of weird that it's like a little bit out of our control, what we, what we get. And it's like, if you look back at our, not to jump ahead, but like, if you look back at 2013 and 2018, like the pictures from those years are just better. Like they're just better because everything was great. And there were no problems. There was no conflict. There was no stress. It was just everything flowing. So you just kind of like roll with roll with the ups and downs of the season, and um, you know, just try and read the room when it comes to like when when things aren't going great. Just keep your distance a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so can you uh, you you know like back to 2012? You're new to the team, new to the city, and all that. Uh, what is the process like as far as upper management, like PR, marketing, and, and media relations for the Sox as a whole? Uh, how much do they really like kind of like dip their fingers into what you do? And, and how much leeway did you have or did not have um, before you quote unquote proved yourself uh, during your first year? Well, I was lucky because when I came in, Mike had already been there for, you know, five or six years. Um, and he had already kind of set the standard as far as like, you know, working with media relations and PR and kind of establishing that level of trust. So I was kind of working like under, under that bubble or under that shield. So I personally like didn't have to worry a whole lot about it as long as I went out and got the pictures that I needed to take. Um, But it is definitely something that, 
you know, team photographers need to keep in mind. And I think the longer you're there, the less day to day, like sets of approvals and conversations you have to go through because over time you learn or you demonstrate that you're going to get the shots you need. You're not going to make the team or the guys look bad. Um, and you know, the, the day-to-day like direction or specific instructions from other various groups and departments within the company kind of, you know, fall by the wayside because it's understood that you're going to do what you're going to do. So, but I learned that, you know, like that took me time to learn over the years, you know, and even still in 2012, I was kind of new to all that, um, that way of thinking. All right, finally moving on past 2012. Yeah. 2013 comes around. The Sox go from the, one of the worst teams to right. the best team in baseball in a quick, quick one-year turnaround. Do you have some favorite season highlights? Because that was a really emotional year, I think, for everybody in the Boston area from, from the bombings to the beards mm-hmm. at the end to finally winning the World Series and being on top again for the first time in six years. Were, did you have any, like, your favorite highlights from that season beginning and off the field on the yeah. I mean, I think the one that obviously sticks out is the day that baseball came back after the, you know, the marathon and everything that mm-hmm. followed. Like that was just a very emotionally charged day. You know, Ortiz gives the speech. Like it, it was the first um, gathering after everything had been shut down for a week. Um, so that was something, you know, I'll never forget. Um, and then it was just like, after that initial kind of um, return, it was like that season was just crazy. I think there was 11 walk-offs that year. And like every one of them was an awesome photo, you know? And I was like, this is, yeah. Even that game you were talking about coming back, I think that's the one Daniel Nava hit the the home run. And that was a pretty special, it wasn't a walk-off, but still like you could feel the energy in in the the city. You could just just feel it like Nava kind of set the tone with that Mm -hmm. game. And then, and then it just kept kind of following. I think Ellsbury had a couple, like Steven Drew had one in extra innings. Like there was, you know, there was all kind of like crazy and Gomes like had three in a row or something. And those guys were awesome, you know? So yeah, the helmet flying, kicking the helmets everywhere and everything. Um, So it just felt like the whole season, like the energy was just carrying through. Um, and then, you know, the beards, that was super cool, like, just to see. And all the fans with the beards, too. Like, just awesome energy. And that was uh, something new for me, you know, like, growing up an Orioles fan. Like, when I was really young, they were good. You know, they were good and they were relevant and they were in the playoffs. But in my, you know, older years and when I worked for them, you know, they were at the bottom of the division. So, this was I, like, I just want to add, as a Red Sox fan living in Baltimore during that time, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going. I was going to Red Sox games for twelve dollars. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, that's the way to see it for sure. For sure. Yeah. Do you have any uh, off the field favorite moments from that 2013 season? Uh, so I think like the the. And it's, it's technically on the field, but it's after the games or whatever, like oh, yeah. the, the Clint, the AL East clinch that night. So this is a division clinch before any of the playoff rounds, but like that night was like, so dope. Like the guys were just like celebrating like crazy and front office was all, you know, having a great time. And like, I had never experienced anything like that. I didn't realize that like, the front office was just as big a part of it as the team, you know, mm-hmm. and to be a part of that, like was, was something that was really cool and new to me. So I'm sure there are other like specific one-offs, but shoot so many games and so many things. That yeah. It all kind of blurs together. So I watched a quick documentary with a, a very famous photographer, Walter Yost Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah. 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 Uh, I actually have his book right over here. Um, but uh, he, he related a story about during the 88 dunk contest with Michael Jordan, how he basically said a photo is worthless. Everything can be great. And, and obviously, you know this, but our readers may not, our listeners may not know. If, if you don't have the face, if you don't have the eyes and the expression, that, that photo is 99% of the time worthless. And he reached out to Jordan uh, before the dunk contest and was basically like, hey, what are you going to do? where are you going to be and where should I be? And Jordan basically was like, Oh, I'm going to do this and that. And before the uh, free throw line dunk to win the dunk contest, he Mm -hmm. motioned Walter over. So he would be in a better position. 
is that something that's that's common like like i think back to like you know johnny kicking the helmet is that something that he's like hey billy like if i ever do this look out for this because this might happen or you know something like that does that ever happen where the players reach out to you and say if i hit a home run like i might do this or something like that it's not common but it does okay so then who has done that (laughs) so it's happened a couple times um for me the one that stands out was uh i guess it was 17 or 18 wind dance repeat okay so you know like mookie and cy and jackie and benny those guys would kind of give me like a heads up of like what they were gonna do um maybe a few innings before like because the photo pits right next to the dugout so you know i would kind of look over and they'd give me like a little nod or whatever of like who's gonna be the guy and like what's going down (laughs) um and then when they clinched that year uh he told me like Mookie told me what they were going to do, uh, which was like all three of them, like kind of jumping out and exploding together. Um, so like that happens, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it happens often. Um, that's why, you know, a story like that is why Walter is like so incredible, you know, and kind of get changed the game. But are there, are there players or do you feel that players are, are cognizant of, or that, during big moments that they kind of maybe get a little more expression or, or is, do you feel that they're cognizant of that, that you're there and that yeah. you're going to get that image? Yeah. It's they interesting. look towards the photo pit is what I'm asking. <laughs> like, I think some of them, like some of them do ham it up, you know, yeah. and some of them aren't, aren't even aware that they're doing it. It just happens. But like, I, I do like ask those guys sometimes I'm like, you know, like, do you notice like when we're there, like if someone's in your face taking a picture, like, do you notice it or whatever? And most of the time they're like, yeah, like obviously we see you, you know, we can't not see you, but they, they've been around that atmosphere so much that it's like you block it out, you know? Um, but it's funny with that. Like, even, even though like the guys know the shower is coming, right. It's still like the reaction is still real and genuine, you know? So, cold. so most of the time it's not like they're staging a reaction or like hamming it up. Like most of the time it is like a real genuine, you know, reaction. So I like it. we can, we can move on to 2018. Now uh, we talked about those 2013 moments, same kind of question I just asked, but what were some of your favorite moments of that 2018 team? Cause I was, I think arguably that's like put up against the 04 team. It's one of the best Sox teams in recent history. Um, what were some of your favorite moments, moments that stuck out players, anything mm-hmm. from that year? So one distinction between 18 and 13 is that like when 18 rolled around, I was in a very different position personally than I was in 13. So there had been some kind of changes within our, you know, within our group. And um, I was now kind of like the head photographer, the lead photographer. Um, So, you know, with that, I was much more like, I guess, like embedded and in tune with the team and the group of guys than I was back in 2013. So um, I think the, you know, the first thing that sticks out was, uh, Cora bringing together all the team and all the front office for this group photo at the, you know, the first or second day of spring training that year, which is something that's never, never been done before. Um, simple, you know, sounds like a simple thing, but it's never been done before. So it was like, immediately we kind of realized like, okay, this is a, this is like a different tone. You know, this is something different. We're all like kind of being grouped together as one big, like, family one big team um and that set the tone for like the rest of the year so I mean 18 was 18 was crazy there was there was so much going on that year like it's it felt like you know the from the baseball side it felt pretty similar to um to 13 but it was just like non-stop like winning you know and <laughs> even when they're down just finding a way it was insane like every time they were like seemingly out of it it was like you know, got them right where they, they want to do now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've got the Joe Kelly fight, obviously, yeah. as a as a big moment in the year. Um, couple, you know, the Mookie Grand Slam. I'm just looking at the pictures mm-hmm. from, from that year. The Mookie, <laughs> you know, the Mookie Grand Slam, um, Xander's walk offs, like crazy, crazy stuff. And then obviously the playoffs itself is a completely different. You know, do you, do you keep like some of your favorite photos for yourself? Like, do you keep like Obviously, you're going to have them for the team, but are you, like, setting them as your desktop? Are you setting them, like, printing them out, putting them on the walls in your home? Like, do you have some favorite images that you definitely keep, like, around the house? 
I have around the house more like, um, I guess like memorabilia or okay. not like things that involve my photos, but they're not just like my photos. Okay. I've got like, you know, a picture of Koji and, and Rossi like jumping into each other's arms from totally. the, um, or, uh, and Salty from, uh, you know, from 2013. And like, you know, somebody got them to sign it for me. I have that frame, like stuff like that, you know, oh, but yeah. I don't have like just my photos hanging up around the house. So uh, I, I saw a video. It was kind of like Cribs with, uh, with JD. Yeah. And, and his little man cave, a little better yeah. than my man cave. Um, but he has the, like the, the group photo all right. huge. Like, what is that like? mean to you when when you look back at your career and obviously like where you started just like just a kid and you know growing up in maryland and now you have these these multi-millionaire famous professional athletes these these stars mm -hmm. that are holding up your hanging up your work in in their homes what can you talk about like what that means to you just as a, as a personal less professional level it means a lot it really does and i don't think i I don't think I realized it until like this winter we did, you know, we did that Cribs episode and we, you know, we visited um, Vasquez also and uh, Matt Barnes and a couple other guys and like all of them had the photos up in their wall, you know, and it just, it just validates the work you do and shows that it means a lot to the, to the guys and to their families. Um, and, you know, you don't always like think about that part of it when you're shooting, you're thinking about like, all right, I got to get these pictures out for social or whatever, you know, but that is another big part of it is that you're, you're documenting um, somebody's life and it means a lot to them, you know? Um, so it's really special. It, it means a lot. Um, and I just try and keep, I try and keep like the, the human element of these guys in mind when I'm working, like, like you said, you know, they are, multimillionaires and they're famous and they, you know, they live some lifestyles that, you know, a lot of us at, at times can't really imagine, but end of the day, they're people just like you and I, and they've got families and you know, this stuff means a lot to them. So it's cool. It's cool to be able to see. On the other side of that, um, you kind of said like you had to get pictures off for social and everything mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to ride the, wave, uh, ride the wave. I also work for another social media company and a problem that we run into here and there is that, say we'll use, we'll post someone's picture on social media, but we wouldn't properly tag them or credit them mm -hmm. simply because we would type in something on Google images and find a picture like, Oh, it's a good picture. Let's use that. How frustrating is that as a photographer when you see something like that you took? Um, I know that whenever we run into that problem, it's all well-intentioned. It's not like, Oh, let's get yeah. this guy's picture out there and not credit them, but it's just more wrong place, wrong time, I guess. Or, so how do you deal with, I guess, not getting credited uh, do you reach out to people? Because I've had people reach out to me almost every single time I've done that. Uh, just what's your like process with that? Yeah, it's a good question. I So at the beginning, I think when I was coming up, it made me more upset than it does now. The landscape we're in, there's so much out there as far as media, you know, and content. And it's impossible to survey it all and keep track of like every photo that gets posted and, and where it ends up, you know? So like, I don't know, it's happened to me so many times by now that it's like, it is what it is, you know? Um, now, obviously I support photographers getting credited for their work and getting, you know, compensated in the right way for their work. Um, but it's just tough at times to, to catch every single one, you know? And I think, like you said, most of the time it's not uh, ill-intentioned. It's just that, you know, either people don't have the resources or the, the knowledge to know that like, yes, you do need to pay for photos. I think what's more frustrating is when people try and hire you or use you to shoot something, but they don't expect to pay or don't expect to pay a, a rate that is, you know, deserving of what the actual work is. Like for me, that's much more frustrating. Like, especially when it comes to the Red Sox photos too, I don't own them at the end of the day, you know? So. Yeah. And then the second part of this is you said like how you need to have a quick turnaround time. How mm -hmm. often of your time, I guess, goes into editing the pictures in Photoshop and Lightroom and anything like mm -hmm. that, as opposed to get it up as quick as you can. Can I, yeah. can I just add to that real quick? Sorry. Um, just as a, as like you said, the difference between you as a, as a staff photographer for a team versus a, a wire photojournalist, 
um, if you could, when you finish answering that question, if you could go into what are your limitations or do you have any limitations as far as what you can do in, in Lightroom as far as like journalistic integrity and stuff like right. that. Right. So, yeah. So um, I spend not that long editing the photos. Like I try and get them as close as I possibly can in camera. And that just mm -hmm. comes with being a good, uh, a good shooter and a precise shooter and really dialing in your settings um, and learning, you know, what settings work. You know, I do a little bit of basic color correction, um, basic sharpening, basic crop. Uh, but beyond that, I'm not like totally manipulating the photo. I'm not altering the background. I'm not um, cloning out or adding things in or taking things yeah. away. Like that for me draws the line. Um, even though, even though we're technically considered like marketing PR, I still, you know, personally, I still feel like that draws the line. Um, there are, there are rare cases when like I'll work with our designers to, and we will have to Photoshop something like the one example that sticks out was did a portrait of Mookie and JD together. They were, you know, having this crazy year together in 18 and um, they showed up to the shoot just in shorts no so white jersey we you know we wanted the full whites they showed up in in shorts. yeah exactly just like that and they weren't they weren't going to change so you know we shot it as is but just it didn't look it didn't look right so our designer uh did a you know a photoshop job on and that ended up the cover of our magazine so there has been there have been times when um you know when we've when we've done that but I don't like in that case, I won't put that out, you know, to the Getty wire. Or I won't put that out. Like it's, it's that crosses the line as far as like the journalistic integrity. And, and what do you enjoy more? Uh, do you enjoy the, or does it kind of go back and forth? Cause I know that's kind of how it was for me. Mm -hmm. uh, do you enjoy the behind the scenes stuff? Do you enjoy the portraiture work? Do you enjoy the game day, mm -hmm. uh, you know, shooting where it can kind of get tedious and stuff. And obviously with portraiture, Right. Kind of, you know, use gels or, and all that stuff, right. kind of make it a little more fun. What, what, what part do you enjoy the most? Or the portraiture I love because it's, it, it's the, the one opportunity where you have like total creative freedom to, you know, come up with an idea and run with it and see if you can execute it. Um, whereas the games you're, you know, you're at the mercy of whatever's happening. And sometimes the games are really boring. Sometimes they're five hours long, you know, and sometimes they're great. Um, so you just, you just don't know. But I really like the portrait work and I also really like the the kind of like lifestyle away from the field stuff, you know, kind of humanize the, the players and show that they've got families and they've got interests and, you know, business ventures that they're into and stuff like that. So um, those two things kind of keep me fresh and keep me creatively like motivated during a long season when it all starts to look the same <laughs> every day. Speaking of your relationships with players, I noticed you're wearing the, I think the Brock, Brocking Out Cancer shirt. Yeah, proudly. Um, yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like your relationships with players that have come through the system, especially with Brock Holt? I know you got a good relationship with that family. Yep. So well, one thing about the job is that if you're, you know, if you're lucky enough to stick around for long enough, you do develop, you know, relationships and friendships with the players. Now you got to be careful that it doesn't go too far. You know, you still got a job to do. Um, but it's, it's really cool to get to know the guys and their families. Um, and over the years, you know, you kind of do other things for them. You know, they have you do like some family portraits and baby announcements and gender reveals and stuff like that. Um, weddings, like I shot Matt Barnes wedding. Um, so things like that, you get to know them as, as people. And um, it's, it's really cool, you know, and, and that helps you in turn get better stuff when you're at the park doing the Red Sox stuff, because, they're comfortable with you. They trust you. Um, and they know that you're going to make them look good and get, get good stuff. So it's been awesome. Um, yeah, it's been awesome to get to know, you know, a lot of these guys and, and, you know, have the good friendships and relationships outside of just work. So as far as uh, team photographers go, cause you talked about, you do these lifestyle shoots, you shot Maddie B's wedding and stuff like that. Yep. Um, I've, shot baseball games and sports and I've worked as a freelance wedding photographer for three years and those are could not be more opposite when it right. comes to what you're actually doing what you're actually shooting it's it's right. it's yeah is 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 that something that players on other teams will just be like hey man I'm getting married <laughs> do you mind is or is that common 
And uh, do you have any, did you have any experience shooting weddings prior to shooting Barnes's wedding? I think it's pretty common for the team photographers who are, um, who are with the teams full time, you know, they get to know their players and a lot of the team photographers, once they're kind of in a place, they, they stay for a while, you know? So, um, you know, thinking about other photographers around the league, I've seen them do weddings and portrait shoots with their family, with the, you know, their players, families and things like that. So it definitely, it's definitely pretty common among team photographers in pro sports weddings. Yeah. I had shot, I had shot weddings before, you know, I do a, a pretty decent amount of weddings um, every year. Uh, and so I, I was pretty experienced in weddings before shooting that. So I think. Did you shoot in Baltimore? Yeah, I'd done a couple in Baltimore and then, you know, over the years up here since 2012, kind of been building that side. How many times have you got that Belvedere shot? (laughs) Actually, that was the first one. That was the first one I'd done. I had attended a wedding there. um, But yeah, that was the first one I'd shot. That and the top of Fed Hill for engagements, like the two most iconic Baltimore shots. Yeah, Yeah. uh, that was Baltimore as it gets right there. (laughs) Um, So moving on, sorry. Uh, So Hmm. it's, it's a Tuesday playing the blue jays what what keeps you fresh do you do you break out you know different lenses do you move around to different parts do you like escape the photo well and get out and move around is is that something that you have the ability to do is that something you send your assistant to do is that something you enjoy doing if you do do that mm-hmm. yeah you have you have to do it to stay fresh or else you'll go crazy because it i mean you know we've got 162 games 81 at home like it is the same thing every day so shooting from the first base photo pit every day, like you drive yourself nuts, just doing the same thing over and over. So I push myself to get out and like be mobile and walk around. Um, and I always kind of feel like, you know, it's like you should feel like exhausted after the game. You should have walked the stadium three or four times and, you know, got a good sweat on and carried three cameras on you and tried to hit every angle you could hit. And I feel like if you did that, then like you had a good day. And if you sat in the photo pit all day, you know, you kind of, you kind of mailed it. And I'm guilty of doing that. Like I've done that plenty of times, but I try and just push myself, you know, and and get out there and move around and try different lenses and different things. And sometimes it works and sometimes you feel like you're just forcing it, but you got to do that stuff to stay fresh or else like go crazy, you know? And you kind of describe, because uh, obviously, even though you're the team photographer, you're not the only photographer in that in that pit. What what's the uh, the mood like in there? I guess on an average day, are, are people uh, friendly with each other? Are they competitive with each other? Are they elbowing each other to get the shot? What's what's it like in there? It's like a little bit of all of the above, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> but overwhelmingly, it's it's very friendly, um, especially in Boston. Like the photography community is really close, really tight. Um, you know, we take care of each other. We look out for each other. Um, obviously in high pressure, high stress situation, you know, playoffs, things are like really tight, you know, you're kind of, and there's a lot of bodies in there and there's a lot going on and things, you know, things can get out of hand, but they, they, it's never, most of the time it's, it's not taken as anything personal. It's just like, look, we're all in this, like we're doing things. We're going to bump elbows. We're going to bump into each other sometimes, but it's all like, it's all kind of understood. So, so explain it's, it's Chris Hale's on the mound. Machado's yeah. up about the strikeout. We all know that. Yeah. What's it like when you know, I mean, we all knew he was going to strike out. What's right. it like <laughs> right. when you know this is it? Like, what is, what are those like that minute before you're, you're prepping to get ready, you know, the celebrations are happening. What's it like in the photo pit during like obvious times of, these are like career making shots that you're about to take. Right. It's tense because like, you know, you don't necessarily think about your career, but you're thinking about like, you're literally documenting history and you cannot screw it up, you know, like you cannot screw it up. And that's like in that moment, like sales, you know, up there going to strike out Machado. It's like, okay, this is going to happen. I need to not screw this up. And I'm mentally, like checking off all the things that I need to do to guarantee that I get the shot from like my lens choice and my focus to how my feet are planted on the ground so that if somebody bumps into me and all the chaos, they're not going to like knock me over and I'm going to miss it. It's like all these thoughts running through your head. Um, and then it's just like, you just fire, you know, and you see what happens. Um, but it's, uh, those moments are tense, you know, and you kind of get like, you still get that little bit of like butterflies inside, um, which I think is cool. You know, it's fun, keeps you, you know, 
means you care. So, yeah. Yeah. Last yeah. question on my end. Um, what are your long-term, I guess, career goals? Uh, do you want to stick with baseball? Do you want to stick with the Red Sox, go to different sports, uh, mm-hmm. leave sports? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not, I, like we said, I'm also like a comm major, but I'm not doing the photo side. I'm doing more like video writing, everything like that. So you always have like a step up. Right. Uh, where do you see yourself, I guess, the next five years, 10 years, 15 years in your career? And what, what are your long-term goals? Yeah. Pete Souza. Hey, that'd be cool. Although not right now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean, look, I love, I love where I'm at with the Red Sox. It's an awesome, it, for me, it's a dream job. Um, and it has been, you know, they're a great company to work for. Um, great coworkers who are also, you know, what I consider my friends. Um, it's an awesome experience and it's taken me to really cool places and, and met some really cool people you know, I don't know. I don't know where it'll take me. I I do want to shoot other sports. I don't know if that necessarily, I don't really think that necessarily means like having to leave the team, you know? Um, but there's, you know, there's a long list of, of sporting events that I want to do. Like, you know, got to get to the Olympics. I want to do the tour de France, like, you know, things like that. A couple other tennis tournaments that I haven't done that I want to do. Um, Super Bowls, you know, there's like tons of things that I want to like check off my list and say that I've done. Um, so just keep pushing for those and we'll see what happens. You know, I don't, I don't know where it'll take us, but, um, it's been a good ride so far. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely very happy with where things are at the moment. Yeah. So if you were to, uh, call David Silverman for the Patriots and mm-hmm. just say, I, I want to shoot this game. Mm-hmm. Is that happening? <laughs> He's got his guys. So okay. <laughs> yeah, he's got his guys and likewise, you know, but yeah. I think there'll be a lot more collaboration in the, you know, as, as content grows, you know, and the need for visuals grow, continue to grow. I think there will be a lot more collaboration, but um, yeah, I mean, I, Silverman's awesome. You know, all the team photographers, like yeah. we're all tight, you know, so we all look out for each other. And That's what I was going to add. That was my next question. So like, what is it? It's Brian, Babs, the yeah. Celtics get Babs. Yeah. And then Babs, that's our guy. Yeah, but, like uh, Brian, yeah. Brian Babbin, yeah. right, or something. Yeah. yeah. I follow yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Steve, like obviously you dad. and Silverman. I don't know. I don't know hockey, so I don't know who the hockey so, is. So Steve Babineau is the Bruins team photographer, and that's Brian's dad. So oh. Yeah, so Steve is the Bruins photographer, Brian's the Celtics photographer, and they both have their TD Garden empire together. <laughs> so it's pretty sick. Um, you ever get but, jealous that they're just inside 70 degrees and, yeah. and air conditioned every day? Life kind never of. changes. <laughs> like those rainy, like four hour like games in April, like those are when I'm like, man, I picked the wrong sport, bro. Like <laughs> I should have done like basketball or two hours and they only have 16 games or whatever, you know? But no, nah, they're all good guys. You know, we all, we all like are always talking and stuff. So um, yeah, team photographers, you know, we all, we all stick together for sure. That's all I got on my, unless you guys have uh, anything else. No, I think that about wraps it up. Thanks for being on I with actually, us. Billy. I, I, oh, okay. I don't know why I have one question that I've always <laughs> got wanted all. to ask. No more. Um, so I was shooting and, and uh, when I was in the military, uh, yeah. I reached out to uh, the Orioles organization uh, as a combat photographer, one of the things that we uh, should be good at is shooting what's called what we call unscripted action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we're not deployed, uh, we're left doing the happy snaps, the ceremonies and stuff yep. like that. So one of the things that I always strive to do was find manners to shoot stuff where I'm not in control of what's, what's going on. Um, I reached out to the Orioles and I was actually lucky enough for, uh, to shoot a couple of games. And uh, one of the games that I shot was... Uh, I think it was, I want to say Orioles Tigers, but I don't remember. But anyways, it was a walk-off home run and I was on the third baseline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, that shot, like the guys running home, hands oh, up in the no. air, the whole team's waiting. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is it. I'm the only photographer over here. I'm going to get this shot. This is right. fantastic. Third base ump mm. just scrolls slowly. <laughs> He's in every single frame and has blocked the whole thing. And, and it's just one of those shots that I oh, I go, I didn't get it. It wasn't my fault, but I didn't get it. Is Are there any shots that you can look back uh, during your, your time that maybe due to your your own fault? Because I'll tell another funny story. I, I was photographing the, um, I think it was the 18T, or the Tiger Woods Golf Tournament down in Bethesda mm-hmm. that he does, the 18T National. And the guy next to me 
Tiger wins, puts his hands up, and he's and his camera just out. He filled his memory card. Yep. And just completely missed like the the championship winning putt. So stuff like that happens. Is share? Can you kind of share your stories of obviously you're not perfect. You're a human being. Where mm-hmm. something has happened, maybe technically, you know, I don't want to say proficiently, but or maybe something out of control where there's a shot that you would have loved to have. I don't have any major disasters where like I totally lost like a card or you know whatever but I could make you a book of times I screwed up like you know and or I got blocked by an umpire or a third base coach or I back focused the shot or whatever like or I was looking somewhere else when I should have been looking another way like it happens all the time it still happens you know to to this day it's probably never gonna stop happening I I used to get pretty mad at myself but it's like you know you realize like you're not out there. Like, I don't know. You just, you're just taking pictures of the sports game. So end of the day, like it's all good, you know, yeah, it, well, uh, unless like, it's I, like last out of the world series and you're screwed. I tell people all the time when they look at, you know, I, I don't shoot anymore, but when they would look at my portfolio, they're like, wow, you're a really good photographer. I'm like, you don't see the uh, stuff. Yeah, that's, that's all the bad stuff. And you don't <laughs> yeah. see all the, yeah, the bad stuff. Yeah. A photographer's portfolio is like your Instagram feed. It's yeah, just all the good exactly. stuff. Yeah. 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 It's your good stuff. Right. <laughs> Um, and then uh, one one final question: mm-hmm. When when you're shooting, did you kind of have any study of uh, you know how the game works? Like, you, do you look at the mannerisms or I guess the tendencies of the players? Where, all right, so I know that this manager likes to kind of run on a left-handed, like, and kind of plan the shot up ahead. Or are you just flying by the seat of your pants? Totally. Like you you look for those tendencies and especially with your own team, you get to know kind of their mannerism, like each guy's mannerisms, like, you know, their routines, like, you know, like when they're all warming up before the game, like everyone has their exact routine that they do every single day down to like the minute, you know? And so you learn those mannerisms and that helps you, you know, when you're, when you're shooting. And I think just generally what, no matter what you're, what you're shooting as a photographer, like if you know, if you know your subject matter, you really understand what you're shooting. It's just going to translate naturally to better pictures. So, you know, that goes to whether you're a news photographer or weddings or corporate or whatever. It's just like, if you, the more education and the more, you know, um, the better your pictures are going to be. So I, it's yeah. Doing the research and just keeping an eye out for stuff like that is super, super important. Like watching film. Yeah, totally. Totally. Same exact yeah, thing. I shot the I shot the Baltimore Blast a couple of times, and I'm not a soccer right. fan. I know nothing about. This. I was yeah. lost. I was like, I don't know. What's, plus, it's indoor soccer, so it's like totally. Fast. I was. I would yeah. be lost at a Blast game. <laughs> totally lost. But. Awesome. Well, Billy, thank you uh, so much uh, for coming on the show. Um, I, as if I haven't made it obvious, I'm I'm a big fan of your work. You're kind of in the dream job. You know, if I wasn't going to be the center fielder for the Red Sox, I'd be yeah. doing what you're doing. So. <laughs> Uh, I, I really do appreciate you taking out the time of your day to come on and, and discuss kind of your role and your background with the team. And uh, again, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys so much. You, you guys are doing good work. If you want to plug huh? it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, absolutely. Is there anything you want to uh, Yeah. I mean, you can follow, follow me on Instagram. It's BJ Weiss 22. Um, same thing on TikTok. trying to figure that <laughs> there out. There we go. Yeah. You just uh, made a new YouTube page. With and then, yeah, content. just started a YouTube okay. channel. So Billy Weiss on YouTube. So we're going to get more stuff up there. So, awesome. thank you guys for having me. You guys are doing great yeah. work. So, keep awesome. it up. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.